Good morning, everybody. This is Monk on Tuesday, I think it is. I lose track of the time because I'm because of my work schedule per se. Um, sometimes I lose track of the time. But today's topic, man, is just is random thoughts. So I had like a hard time sleeping yesterday. I was watching some anime, uh, Demon Slayer, which is a very dope, dope anime. Um, I don't get to watch nearly as many that are on my list for Prime, Netflix, Animatrix, uh, Animatrix, uh, Animation, I mean, Funimation, Crunchyroll, I, I really, I, I have so many on the list, but I haven't gotten a chance to finish, and then some I actually will go back and rewatch because, um, I want to try to get a gist of the, the story again, like I that's what that's what made me come up with the idea of random idea of this topic random thoughts because as I get up in the morning you know I try to uh, meditate and it's weird like sometimes the craziest thoughts so I'm gonna start like literally when I got up this morning I was trying to find my backpack and making making sure uh, making sure I had everything I needed for work and I remember watching an episode of uh, Midnight Gospel where Clancy was following the fish head dude around or the fishbowl head dude around and every time he passed by something like a unicorn car like a piece it was like a his conscious I think that was his consciousness would uh, immediately be drawn towards that as he was trying to walk through this corridor of someone else's consciousness uh, something like that or brain or whatever was going on at that at that time because they went through the ear ear ducts so yeah and uh what I found funny was that I didn't get it at first and then I think it <laughs> like took a month and a couple of Lipton dispenser Braden um episodes to get what was actually what that was actually about so now I get it it's like when I meditate in the mornings the one thing I try to do is stay focused and it's hard because your brain has so much information whether it's past information or current information or information that you wish to be like you know what I mean like you know oh, work so-and-so isn't there or you know just crazy stuff and and, and this is, I had posted on um, Instagram one time about the real me. And when I point, when I false, like, whether they um, are, um, whether they are being, like, uh, judgmental, then I also have to look at my own, those same faults that are in me, because basically everything that, every fault of someone else's that I point out is the same fault I have. Like literally, it's the same exact thing. Um, it's just that a lot of a lot of times I'll call it out, and then I'm aware of the fact that wait a minute, you do the exact same thing. You can't really call somebody out on something that you're guilty of yourself. You know what I mean? But I'll still do it. It's just like the nature of a man is like to call someone else out on their bull, but you won't call yourself out on your own. <laughs> so it's like really. It's really a bizarre state of mind 
when you're aware of the fact that you're doing it and then this guilt will come over you like even today I was coming out literally like about five minutes ago I was coming out of my apartment complex or out of my housing complex um, and uh, it's a gated community and usually when I come out there's no cars out and I'm, I, I'm out usually I'm out a little bit later than I usually am uh, sometimes I'm out of there by about uh, say a quarter to six well, this time I got out there, yeah, it's 6.03 right now, and I got out of there, and this, I'm, I'm gonna just say it, because like I said, it's a random thought. I'm gonna just say it, is this white lady came zooming through right in front of me, and then like, didn't like, you know, usually if I do something like that, usually, if I do something like that, I'll say, oh, hey, my bad, you know, I should have been paying attention. You know what I mean? Like, that's my fault. I shouldn't be going through here that fast. But no, it was like, she just zipped by, and she zipped by, didn't say nothing, just kind of just kept on going. And it's funny because right now she's in back of me, like, not, like, far back of me. Like, I don't know how I passed her, but I did. And uh, we're on the same freeway. But um, zip past me, and my thought was, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say it and please, please don't, please don't think me a bad person, but I'm just being truthful about what I mean by random thoughts and calling people out on stuff, and, you know what I mean? But the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my God, this entitled white person, like she just thinks she can do whatever she wants. And I don't know why that thought came into my head, but the only thing I can think of is that, damn, I'm at some point in time, because, like I said, and I, and I wanted to do a segment on racism and my relation, my relationship to it, or my relatability to it, uh, is that in, in my past I've had issues with with racism, but very few that I can remember. Literally, I can only remember if I think right now, real quick. If you said in one minute, think of all the racist moments that you've been a part of, I can think of three. I can think of three, and I'll tell them to you. One was a, with a police officer in Nevada. Another was with a gentleman whose son I was teaching how to beat, how to how to uh, break dance. And another situation was being chased by. Oh no, four. Another situation was being chased by uh, a truck, a truck of uh, white boys out in Brea, California, from a 7-Eleven. I vividly remember that. And another was with some punk, uh, with some skinhead dudes over at the mall. But I wasn't in that altercation. That altercation was actually involving somebody I had just happened to be um, hanging out with. And they got into the fight at the mall. I just happened to be there. And I actually talked to one of the skinhead dudes to find out why this was happening. And um, <clears throat> the dude was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I can't even see, like... I don't have my glasses, I remember him saying. I can't even see what's going on, I don't have my glasses. And um, I was like, why are they fighting? And it was the Mexican dude I was with, it was the Mexican dude I was with, who was a b-boy. Uh, we were at the mall looking for battles. And um, <laughs> the, dude was, the dude was the nicest dude. So I was like, wait a minute, this, these skinheads aren't aren't bad at all. you know. And like I said, I'll, I'll get into my, my, my uh, again, into my past with racism and my relatability to slavery is another one I want to do. But that 
that it was weird that I thought about that. And I was like, somewhere in my brain, somewhere in my mind, and I've done this before. I'm being I'm being very honest. I'm I'm not racist against white people, but I'm racist against white people. And the only thing I could think of is because I'm so conditioned in a sense to where I hear people talk about it. I see it on television, like when we, you know, the situations with <clears throat> with the police officers and, and, and the killing of, of, of black people, particularly. And I'm in defense in a sense. Uh, I'm, 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 I don't hate police officers, but I don't like police officers. I don't like, of course, racists. I'm, I'm fearful, to be honest, of racist police officers, and I, and I have seen them. I have seen them on several occasions. Um, luckily, I just haven't had been on that kind of receiving end of a police officer who was racist. Usually, what the, the incidences that I can remember, they were mostly verbal. And um, not like they called me, you know, a nigga or anything like that, but there were just certain, uh, there were certain suspicions they had of me and that kind of put me in a tight cast of that black person, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and I, again, random thoughts, I brought that up because uh, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, people need to be more like this. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to come up with <clears throat> come up with some sort of reasoning of why I would say something like that. And uh, again, I think it's because the conditioning, like what I've been what I've been seeing, what I've been hearing, and being a black man and the the the, the uh, the chances of me being put in a situation where, um, oh, I had another situation where a cop pulled a, pulled a, well, put, he didn't pull his gun out. I think he pulled his gun out, but he kept it to his side. Was in uh, North Hollywood, California, where I lived at, and I was driving a car that belonged to my roommate. I couldn't find the, I couldn't find the, um, the title, not the title, but the registration. He wanted to see the registration. I couldn't find it. And, um, because I wasn't familiar with the car and my hands were shaking because I, I knew that it was possibly in the glove compartment and I did not want to reach for it. And he told me to get out of the car and had pulled his gun out and kept it, put it on his side. And I was like, oh, and this was like 2000 when this happened. This was like in the year 2000, 2001 when this happened. So we're talking about before the video uh, wave of cop shootings that have been caught on camera. You know, just uh, well, but a couple of decades or a decade or so after the Rodney King situation. So, you know, um, with that being said, you know, I have had uh, situations in my life, very few, very, very few, where I've been in that situation. But I've had a lot. I've had more uh, positive uh, encounters with police officers than I have negative. Like. I'd say 30 times more positive interactions with police officers than I had negative ones. And so when it comes to that, I can't say all police officers are bad. Or when people say, you know, fuck the cops, you can't trust them. That might be true for some, but that also falls true for people in general. You know what I mean? Um, they, they, you, the, 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 the senses know, like certain people, you can, when, I, when I lived in New York or even Los Angeles, especially when I lived in New York, there are certain streets I wouldn't even walk down because people just look suspect and they were suspect. <laughs> These are people that were ready to, you know what I mean? Ask, you know, they, they, 
kind of probe you to see if you got any money, probe you to see what they can get from you, you know what I mean? And these are like my own people. I'm not even talking about white people. I'm talking about my own, you know what I mean? Ready to just take me down for anything as small as like $5 in my pocket. So, you know, and, and, and that's another thing is when I say that I'm racist, even against my own kind, even against my own people, if I, if I, if you walking down the block and you got a, your, your black hood on and you walking with your hands in your pocket, I don't know what to expect. My body tenses up because back in the day, that's, those are the, those are the cats that did the, that did the dirt. Not, they didn't always have a hood on, you know what I mean? But sometimes two or three in a group, they sized you up when, you know, they could be a hundred, 200 feet away and they sizing you up as you're making your way towards them. And then, you know, yo, yo, you know, how much money you got pat in your pockets. And this is, this has happened to me a, a thousand times when, when I was in New York, especially when I lived in Brooklyn, because in the Bronx, I didn't have to worry about that. I was home and I went to school with cousins and people from the block. And so, you know, everybody pretty much knew who I was, knew how I, who I ran with. But when I moved to Brooklyn and I was out there for three years, this was almost a weekly occurrence you know and it made me in a sense angry towards my own be like why would you do this to me like we're supposed to be the same and it angered me and I think that played a part in my racism towards uh, some of my own people like stereotyping them and I've grown I, I've grown out of that now I you know I, I look at especially some of these young people and I greet them with respect you know what I mean? Because I think, especially in young people, I don't care what you know what they do. If that person is selling crack, of course, you know that's not something I want them to do. But I'm still gonna treat them like a, 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 a respectable individual to an extent. You say, hey, you know, if that's what you're doing, I wish you wasn't doing it. But I, who am I? Who am I to say anything? Just as long as it's not my child that you're selling it to, you know, and. Um, it's just the, the, the thing with this lady this morning. I have lots of white friends. And the guilt that comes over me when that happened, it's like, man, you know, what would my white friends think <laughs> if they found out that, I, that I, in my brain, I like, you know, it, it, in my brain, that thought came out. Like, oh, this entitled white person. Like, what, you know, what the fuck? These people always think they can just do what they want. Like, you know, that's embar it's embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's embarrassing if I had that thought about Latinos and I have tons of Latino friends. It's embarrassing I have that thought about Asians and I have tons of Asian friends. But why the thought? Like, why that thought? Like, what would make me think that way when I know good people within all of these races? Why would I? I don't, I, you know, it just, it, it troubles me when I'm, when, 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 when I think that way. But it, it just comes right out, and it's like, ah, man, how can I erase those things from my brain? And I, sometimes I think, like, it takes a long time. I remember listening to Dispenser and him saying, you know, you got to be a whole different you. No, actually, you don't, you can't be a whole different you. You have to be a whole different person. You got to be the person opposite of what you actually think you are, because what you think you are is not who you are. That's a program. And it's true, like I said, all of the things that I think, like I think, what, what 
my thought today when the lady came in front of me and she didn't cut in front of me she was actually she probably didn't see me no more no better than I saw her but yet you know I don't know maybe she thought she could have been thinking you know oh my god look at this these black people they just don't pay attention with it she could have been thinking that or she could have been maybe she could have been thinking oh my bad I didn't mean you know I didn't see you I should have stopped she could have been thinking that you know um, I'm always told by my wife that I assume and I and I do I assume a lot um, even when I if even if I don't do it verbally I do it you know I do it to my son I do it to my wife kids I, you know I do it to people at work and I really try not to do it and then the moment that I catch it it, it, it happens again like the moment that I catch it as quickly as I say oh that was wrong <laughs> it happens right away again so as quickly as I caught that when I caught that I was like oh my god I can't believe I said that you know what I mean it the, all it takes is for another an, another white person to do something and I and I automatically stereotype so the racism the, the, the racism or the, or the, the uh, what do you call it, um, prejudice is, is just, is, is so blatant, it's so conditioned with, with, within me that when I'm trying to get rid of it, as quick as I get rid of it, there's another, there's another one. And I keep thinking, like, why? Like, why is this necessary? You know what I mean? Um, I can't, I don't want to say that it's my fault. But then again, I want to say it. My, my, I have to take responsibility for those, for those actions. You know what I mean? I have to recognize that. You know, when I think about what Lipton was saying and, and all of these guys, when it comes to realizing who you are and and uh, meditation, being aware of it's being aware of the fact that you're doing those things and then fixing them because it it that's the only way that you'll be able to, to, to rewire your way of thinking is to admit to the fact that these are the things that you were doing and fix them. Um, that's my, my emergency parking. parking. And so I think that um, on a daily basis, some days are good and some days are bad. And, and I shouldn't even say bad as much as I should say challenging because some of those days I can pull it off problem and then there's some of those days where my ego is just like on full mode like it's 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 super saiyan it's like super saiyan mode for my ego and it just it's harder to battle those things because my brain is just so ready to fight back you know it's so ready to fight back the urge that I have to change the thinking my brain's like oh no you don't no you don't we've been this way for 50 40 to 50 years and there's no way you're going to come in and bring in a new person and we're just not going to allow that to happen there's no way I'm the frontal lobe and I say what goes <laughs> like, but you have these memories and they're too precious to throw away you know what I mean these mean something to you you can't get rid of these this is who you are it's like no no I'm not that's not who I am you're a program and I need to reprogram you no, 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 no. And the virus starts hitting. And the thing, bing, bing, bing. I keep thinking about those little pop-up windows that would come up. I remember being in a chat room. And uh, I think it was, uh, what was it called? Uh, Yahoo Chat. <clears throat> I used to go into the Yahoo Chat rooms. And people could flood your computer. As long as you were in that chat room. Not your computer per se. But there used to be these programs. You can look them up 
online. This was back in 2000. I worked at Warner Brothers Studios and I, I had a night job doing scripts and, 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 and payroll, and, um, which was a very fun job, I have to say. And, and I would have so much time on my hand, especially on Fridays when the payroll was very small, that I literally had six hours to just, you know, flip around on the computer. And I would be in Yahoo chat rooms. They had like a gangster chat room with the Bloods and the Crips in there fighting. They'd have like the black, black chat, they called it. The rooms had names and they had black chat and they had New York chat and they had LA chat. And, they, and I'd go into the net room one through 10 and you go to, I think our room was room one, right? That was room one. That's where all the cool people hung out at. And I'd go in there and like, um, you know, if somebody didn't like you or whatever, they could come in that room and there was this little thing you hit where this little, uh, this, uh, what do they call it? A uh, little app or something. I think you downloaded it on your computer, right? And you would copy and paste that person's name into a box. And then the box under it, you, you, you copy what room they were in. And then you hit the enter button and it would flood their screen with these little boxes. And you would have to reboot your computer. It would freeze it or it would be so many boxes that you would have to just cut out of Yahoo and then come back in and reboot your computer. I don't know how good that was for the Warner Brothers computer, but these were like older computers, no flat screens. There were no flat screens out at that time. I don't even think flat screen TVs were out because I still had, I had like a 55 inch TV that was so heavy, two people would have to bring it in from rental center. That's how, that's how big it was. And so, um, so yeah, that's what it, that's what it's like. My fighting, my ego, trying to control my, my, uh, trying to control my frontal lobe from blowing out all of these these memories and thoughts and false identities or 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 uh, identities per se uh, or thoughts that lead me to believe that who I am uh, and not who I have to be or not who I should be you know what I mean um, and that's another thing I think that we we base we base ourselves off of our past like I'm from the Bronx I say oh that's how we do it in the Bronx I'm from the Bronx man we don't we don't play we do this and we do it's like wait a minute (laughs) wait a minute if that's not a program what isn't I mean what is you know what I mean if I'm if I literally haven't if 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 that's not a conditioning within itself I'm from the Bronx and this is what we do in the Bronx yeah, it, it is because that's if that's the Bronx and that's my environment, what we did in my environment, that's how I grew up playing tag and abandoned buildings and having rock fights and, and you know throwing eggs off of the roof on Halloween. And I say, Oh, that's Bronx style shit right there. That's that I've right there I've already identified myself with a behavior that was taught to me since I was five or six years old. So now those thoughts have become my identity, those behaviors that I've learned from other people who've learned from other people who've learned from other people and so on and so on and so forth and so forth have become a part of my identity. Being the Bronx, being from the Bronx. Oh, I'm from the Bronx. Everybody knows where the Bronx is at because that's the home of hip hop. I've identified myself with that and that has become my identity. You know what I mean? Being an East Coast cat, my, 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 like when you listen to me now, maybe you hear an accent. People from New York might hear it. Um, some people might, oh, 
but when I'm around when I'm around other New Yorkers it gets thick and I don't tell it to do that it just does it you know what I mean it's just it's like it's automatic and I don't know why if I go down south and I stay down south for like a month I start to sound like I'm from the south yet with a kind of like New York accent in there I, I still can't my R's don't come out correctly but I'll start like, hey, you know, hey, what's the West Coast? It happened in the West Coast too. When I was in California, I lived in California 17 years. I started to sound like some of the people I was hanging out with. Even, even the Mexicans, like when you hang out, I, I've had many Mexican friends living in Orange County, tons of them, because there weren't that many black people in there. There weren't that many black people there. The school had three, and I was the fourth. So most of the people I hung out with, who were poppers and b-boys and they were all latino they were all chicanos so i started like, hey what's up Holmes? you know even my sister <laughs> we had like this and it, it was so it was so weird because it's not like it was like you hear it and then your brain adapted to that and then that's how you spoke it was so bizarre i like lost it was like I lost that identity that I thought I had being a New Yorker, that I thought I was being a New Yorker, and became like, the way, even when I would go back home to visit, my cousins would say, oh, that's my cousin from New York. I'm, that's my cousin from L.A. I remember my cousin Troy, rest in peace. Me and Troy went out, and we were about to go to my cousin's, uh, he was a, he, he, he's a, he's owner of the Gators out in New York City. You know, he passed away, but uh, he would do these promotions, crab fest, and all kinds of big parties, two or three cruise boats, you know, and we were getting ready to go on one of these boats, my cousin Troy said, I'm gonna take you out, we're gonna get our hair cut, we're gonna get some clothes, boom, 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 you know, and he, he, he treated me good, man, I love that dude, man. he's the youngest of, of the three caballeros, <laughs> me, Dwayne, and Troy, uh, Freddie is the fourth, uh, but it was always me, Dwayne, and Troy to an, ex- to a, to an extent when you look at pictures. But Freddie was like that, 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 that phantom, you know what I mean? He was that dude that, that was always there, but not there, you know what I mean? So he was a part of the, he was a part of the crew. Actually, it was more than that. But anyway, sorry, sorry. Um, and, uh, I remember Troy introducing me. He's like, yo, yo, hey, what's up? Get to the barbershop. Yo, 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 what's up, man? This is my cousin Kyle from, from California. And I'll be like, I'm not from California, I'm from the Bronx. He goes, motherfucker, you live in California. <laughs> I was so defensive because the Bronx, you know, I love the Bronx. I love my history there. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to erase that, but I don't want that to be my identity. But yet I couldn't resist the, the, the gall. Like, how, how dare you say I'm from, I'm not from the West Coast. I'm from the Bronx, you know, and it just, it irritated the shit out of me. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things, man. Identity. I think identity is good, per se. It's a mask that we wear. Um, it is a mask that we wear, and it's probably a mask that we'll never be able, be able to get rid of. But behind the mask is the real you, and you have to learn when to uncover your face. If you're brave enough to do that, I don't think in a lot of cases I'm brave enough to do it. I think when it comes to taking off my mask, I'm a coward. And because I don't want to see the real me. And. I think that affects a lot of people around me, including like my wife, my kids, and um, it's something I it's something I want I, I want to change. I need to change, and I have to be aware more often that it's something that 
needs to happen in order for me to move forward or else, you know, I could lose a lot of things, you know, and so, uh, with that being said, man, I just want to say peace to everybody, love to everybody, no matter what color, whatever, no matter what race, ethnicity, no matter what, what it is you do, it, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, the head boss of an underground black market crime syndicate, you know, think about who you are, what you do, um, be careful, man, um, for those of you who are living honest lives, or what, whatever, wherever it is you come from, you know, uh, I just, uh, I hope everybody is safe, uh, I hope that, uh, this reaches out to some people, and maybe you can give me some better insight on how to do it better, because, you know, I think, uh, one thing we could do to help one another is, uh, to be one, to be one in the same, and say, you know what, I've been through that kind of stuff, too, here's what I did to, to get through it, you know, better, better meditation, yeah, try this type, try this form of meditation, try this when you meditate, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but, you know, work together on it, you know, and that's one of the main reasons why I, I, I like doing these podcasts, is because you never know who else out there may be thinking like you, or who else out there doesn't think like you, but says, hey, this is what you should do, I have a feeling I know what you're dealing with, you know what I mean, um, so, with that being said, that ends this podcast, uh, for today, I always like to do something in the morning, sporadic, and uh, I hope to see you guys again, maybe even this afternoon when I get off work, man, tell you how my day was. All right, this is Monk Will on Spotify, and I will see you guys, uh, who knows, later. <laughs> Peace.